So a friend of mine, Father uh, Brendan Kilcoyne, uh, he gave a homily relatively recently, uh, and he started, as he's wont to do, with something kind of a small bit provocative. He said, I want to start a new devotion to Our Lady. I want to start a new devotion to Our Lady now. We're going to call it Our Lady Spreader of Gravel. Our Lady Spreader, and you can just imagine the whole church going, what on earth is he talking about? So he went on to tell this story uh, of, Our Lady, uh, of a lady in the west of Ireland. And she was married to a man who worked for the council. This is back in the day now when it was a horse and trap kind of a thing. Uh, so his job was to go along the road and with the horse and trap, dig into the, 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 the gravel and uh, fill the potholes, basically, on this stretch of road, right? And that was their only income. So they were a very simple family, himself, the wife, and six kids, uh, and a small little holding of, of, of land just for a little vegetable patch out the back. So things were very, very simple, right? So uh, through unforeseen circumstances and uh, uh, illness, the husband died suddenly, leaving this relatively young mom and six kids. And... Uh, she tried to, to get by as well as she could, but like there was no social welfare at the time, so things, were, things, got, things got very tight. So she approached the council, and she said, uh, look, can I take my husband's job? My, ex, my former husband's job. My deceased husband's job. What's the term? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Uh, so they said, well, no, no, uh, we, we, don't, we don't employ women for, for this kind of work. And she said, but I've, I've no choice. They said, no, she persisted, she came back once, she came back twice, she came back three times, and eventually they said, okay, you can do it, you can do it. So this mom, with six kids at home, uh, would take out the horse and trap and load the gravel and go down the road and dig into the gravel and fill the potholes and level them out on a daily basis in order to provide for her kids, in order to make sure they had enough to eat in order to make, to make sure they had a roof over their head in order to make sure they wouldn't lose their home. And he made this point then that this is what Our Lady does for us, right? Our Lady, like, who knows the heart of Jesus. Our Lady who intercedes before God's throne and will do so for all eternity for each one of us and prays for us. This motherly heart of Our Lady is reflected in, in this woman's love in this woman's selflessness, in this woman's spreading of gravel. That this is the heart of a mother, which Our Lady exemplifies perfectly. Our Lady is a perfect example of fidelity to the heart of her son. And this was the, the, the son that she knew. So Our Lady knew Jesus far better than any of us ever could, right? Because, because she has no sin, she, there's no obstacle between, between her and Jesus. So she can know him far better than we can. Because it's, it, it, it's sin that, that creates obstacles and it's sin that causes us to doubt ourselves or doubt God's goodness or doubt God's love or whatever it may be. It's, sin is the obstacle. Without sin, then there's, there's nothing to separate us. So this is the way Our Lady lived perfectly with Jesus all of his life. All of his life. And now into eternity. So this is the Jesus that she already knew before today's gospel, before the, the transfiguration. She already knew the heart of her son. She knew who he was. The Holy Spirit had come upon her <coughs> at the Annunciation and, over, and, and covered her with its shadow so that she would conceive Jesus. She, she knew that this, initially, this little boy was the one who would take the throne of his ancestor David and reign for all eternity. 
she knew the divinity of her son. So what Peter, James, and John discover uh, in, in, in today's gospel, according to Matthew, in the transfiguration, Our Lady already knew and already lived. And it's something that, that we've been meditating a bit during the week as well, how Jesus isn't just one of the lads, even though, he just become, even though God becomes man. So Jesus becomes man, takes on a human nature, looks like us, acts like us, sweats like us, eats like us, has to shower like us, gets splinters in his hands just like us. All of those kind of things, those ordinary things, those daily things that all babies have to go through. I'm not sure if he ever, I'm not sure if he ever wanted to run out of the synagogue or wouldn't sit on our lady's lap and listen. <laughs> I'm not sure if that was ever him. Uh, but ordinary things that children do, right? This was, this, was, this was Jesus. This was Jesus. But at the same time, and this is the, the balance is always difficult to maintain, Jesus being truly man doesn't mean he's just one of the lads. He's not. He's not. He's absolutely very approachable. Absolutely, he walked and talked uh, like us and was able to use the examples of sheep and fig trees and, and goats and all those ordinary things that he had touched and seen himself. And that, that was how he, he, he preached and taught then to, to those who listened to him. Uh, so he was able to use the, the simple ordinary things. But at the same time, he is not just one of the lads. He's not. He is the God-man. He is God-made flesh. God who was taken on a human nature. He remains he through whom all things were made. All things were made through him. Like, he's not just one of the boys. So, this, it's, this gospel is important for us to, to recognize as well, because this is a tendency today uh, to, to just see Jesus as, as just one of us. There was even a, a movie um, a good couple of years back now, maybe 35 30-ish years ago, uh, the, temptation, uh, the, temptations, the Temptations of Christ, I think it was called, where Jesus has this kind of crisis of vocation with Mary Magdalene. What should I do? <laughs> you know? like, that kind of ridiculous idea that, 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 that God made man somehow ceased, ceased to be God. He was always God. He was always God. So... He knew exactly what he was doing. He knew exactly who he was. He knew exactly the purpose of his vocation, the purpose of his suffering. He knew what it was all for, who it was all for. So he's not just, just one of us. So in this scene, we see Peter, James, and John there with, with Jesus. And, and, and Jesus becomes luminous. You can imagine uh, in, in, in biblical terms, they don't have words like we would use. Maybe, you know, he became uh, fluorescent or he became like, like a floodlight. You know, maybe if we were writing it, maybe we'd write ter- terms like that. Uh, one of the other synoptics writes, he, his clothes became, as, he became white, whiter than any earthly bleacher could make them. If, you, if you've heard that gospel before. Whiter than any earthly bleacher could make them. So by our standards, that's still not very white. But I mean, they, they didn't have words for, for how, he be, how luminous he became. So he just becomes this like his divinity just uh, such a, can't be contained by his humanity anymore, and he just bursts into light. As he, you know, uh, how we will see him in heaven, I'm not really sure, but uh, but this is how, how how they saw him in that moment. He bursts into light. Then this cloud, a bright cloud. It's an interesting use of words here. A bright cloud covers them with shadow. But it's a bright cloud covers them with shadow. I'm not really sure. 
Uh, and from the cloud, there came a voice which said, This is my son, the beloved. He enjoys my favor. Listen to him. So it, it, it's, it's, it's almost as if like, the father now can't contain himself anymore. So like, Jesus' humanity can't contain his divinity. The father can't, con- can't contain his, his, his love for his son anymore. He just has to say it you know, to those listening, to Peter, James, and John. This is my son. So obviously this voice coming from a cloud, this is no ordinary man. This is my son. This is the God man. He has my, my, my favor, my blessing. Listen to him. And on, on these days, uh, it's easy. When you were there with Jesus in his glory, when we're there with Jesus uh, and, and all is good. And let's, let's stay here. This is awesome. We like this. We like this mountain. Listen to him. Because days will come when you will come down from that mountain and maybe have to go up Golgotha, another mountain, which is not so pleasant. Maybe there'll be days when, when the, the, the joy of following the Lord it's there, but it's there as a memory. And maybe what you're, what you're dealing with today is, is challenging, is hard. Maybe at a time of grief or a time of loss or a time of a bit of a slump within yourself, whatever it may be. This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. Stay with him. These days will pass. These difficult days, these dark days, whatever it is, this will pass. Listen to him. As he says, he who wants to be a follower of mine, let him take up his cross, renounce himself, and follow me. So when this passes, when this, this, uh, uh, pardon me if I, if I phrase this way, that this almost uh, inability almost of Jesus' humanity to contain his, his divinity and, and the, the overflowing of God's love and favor uh, on his son, when all that kind of passes and, the, and, and it all just kind of settles back, the disciples had fallen on their faces, overcome with fear, because they're looking at this scene, which is, Jesus was the guy that we used to go kind of fishing with. He was the guy that we've heard him preach and teach, but this is, this is, this is way beyond any kind of criteria that we can understand. So they fall on their faces in fear. All that settles. And then Jesus comes up to them and says, stand up. Do not be afraid. When they opened and raised their eyes, they saw no one there but Jesus. Back to the situation that they had known before. So in our prayer lives, in our dealing with the Lord, in, in, in everything that we do at Mass, we're, or in any of the sacraments, we're not dealing with just an, an ordinary guy or a, a good philosopher or, or a healer and teacher from 2,000 years ago. We're dealing with God-made man. God who has stepped down from his throne, as such left his throne divinity aside and placed on his head a crown of thorns. This is the God we're dealing with. This is the God that we love. This is the God that we receive. This is the God who wants to come and live in us in Holy Communion. This is the God then that we have the courage to represent out there to those that we speak to, to those who we work with. Because we know even a, a glimpse of his heart, a glimpse of his love for us. And so we're, we're, we're motivated and driven to, to witness that, to spend time with him. He who has more than just God's favor. He who is God. So we ask the Lord today to renew 
our own prayer lives in this time of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Let our prayer Let our prayer rise before the throne of God like incense. Let our prayer recognize the truth of the humanity of Jesus, like us in all things but sin, but the divinity of Jesus, way beyond anything we can understand. Almighty and eternal God. As we speak to him, as we thank him, as we pray to him, may we do so with the reverence that Jesus is due. May we do so recognizing who he truly is, God made man. Amen.